tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think he broke it. What you made me do? And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Weber's root beer was goddamn delicious because I haven't had Weber's in over two years and it's one of the few places it still tastes like Weber's. It still tastes like it did. Mm -hmm. Yummy. Yum, yum, yum. Yummy, yum, yum. My tummy, tum, tum. Yum, tum, tummy, tum, tum. Um, You know, had a, excuse me, an actual cheesesteak. Good. Not a knockoff cheesesteak. And uh, let's see. You got my poke roll? Poke roll. I got my poke roll. (laughs) And uh, last night made pork roll and cheese in an air fryer. Oh. Oh, air fryer. I've used my oven twice this summer. Wow. Two times only. Yum. What a, what a, mm. Mm-mm. what a treat. I'm so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fat. But everyone at work says, You losing weight? I'm like, I mean, I have, but thank you. It's all thank stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the stress. <laughs> it's all the, it's a very stressful job that is. I just officially, uh, of course, the red scored first. That's great. I just score. Um, I just officially signed on to the job after the um, probationary period. So okay, things is looking up. Nice. Let's do this since we don't have a word on uh, if Derek is joining us. Okay. Let's start with the wrestling historian. Um, But yeah, so why don't you start with the... Well, we'll start this episode with the wrestling historian. How about that? We'll start this episode in 2022, looking back on a period of time that was um, very dissimilar to what it is now, um, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, We're going to go back to a time where uh, wrestling was actually called wrestling, um, where there was no such thing as sports entertainment. Uh, or performers, or uh, you could call a title a belt, and a title shot wasn't called a championship opportunity. It was wrestling in all 50 states, high school gymnasiums, Catholic youth centers, stadiums, coliseums, arenas. It was the best of times. It was the best of times. Gentlemen and ladies, this is the Wrestling Historian. Uh, We're going to go back to uh, 
August 18th, 1962, 60 years ago this week in pro wrestling history, uh, an NWA title match took place in Newark, New Jersey. The reigning defending undisputed NWA heavyweight champion, the original nature boy, Buddy Rogers, took on Bobo Brazil. Um, the preeminent and still some claim the greatest uh, African-American wrestler of all time. Certainly the greatest African-American babyface of all time. Well, on this particular match, August 18th, 1962, in Newark, New Jersey, Buddy Rogers claimed to have a groin injury during the course of the match, and he couldn't continue. Because he couldn't continue, the referee stopped about and awarded the victory to Bobo Brazil. Bobo, being a man of honor, didn't want to win the match that way, but he took the victory nonetheless. Well, after a doctor checked out Ancient Boy Buddy Rogers, he found that there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. And upon hearing that, and because Bobo Brazil had earned a victory over the champion, and back then, titles could be won not only by pin submission or if a wrestler was unable to continue. So on September 8th, Sorry, September 6th, 1962, as a result of the match that took place August 18th, the NWA awarded Bobo Brazil the heavyweight championship of the world. So Bobo Brazil in 1962 was the NWA heavyweight champion. He would hold this title uh, until uh, a rematch. And that would be that would be in October, where Buddy Rogers quote regained the NWA Heavyweight Championship. But this was a title switch that the NWA never recognized. But on August 18, 1962, Bobo Brazil, whether Buddy Rogers was injured for real or, or not, was awarded a victory over the NWA champion, and a month later and we'll revisit this on september 6th bobo brazil was awarded the nwa heavyweight championship unreal Un unprecedented at the time absolutely you know for reasons <laughs> for reasons but not so much to the nwa because they had no problem at all um now whether this was because they were so tired of buddy rogers antics and it was antics like this because he also feigned a ankle injury in a match against Luthez where he may or may not have been um, <laughs> asked to lose. So this was just the precursor of Buddy Ro of the NWA getting sick of Buddy Rogers' antics. And again, this match took place in Newark, New Jersey, not an NWA strong, 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 <coughs> stronghold, but uh, a location that Buddy Rogers preferred uh, because part of the reason the NWA was getting tired of him, not only because of the injuries the, that he would sustain, quote, uh, but it was Buddy's um, had a real fondness for defending the NWA championship in the Northeast, where there is major NWA cities like Texas or, or Dallas, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, that needed their NWA champion.
So whether it was the NWA trying to stick it to Buddy Rogers by <laughs> awarding it the NWA title to Boba Brazil, uh-huh. whether this was forward-thinking, progressive wrestling promoters, because they all had to agree. It wasn't just one. Yeah, even in an emergency situation, they all had to agree. Yeah, so, but Bobo Brazil, and again, we'll revisit this in a future wrestling historian on September 6th, was awarded the NWA Heavyweight Championship as a result of the match that took place August 18th, 1962 in Newark, New Jersey. Unreal. (laughs) Also unreal is what happened August 21st, 1979. Because this was a date I never thought, I hoped it would happen. I actually prayed it would happen. And when it did happen, I didn't find out about it until six weeks later, thanks to the After magazines. But August 21st, 1979, in Tampa, Florida, the American dream came true. Dusty Rhodes defeated Harley Race for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. The title that Dusty had been working so hard for had been denied so many times who come up just short, just short, over and over and over again. Finally, defeated the man, Harley Race, pinned his shoulders to the mat, one, two, three, and won his first and probably most memorable NWA Heavyweight Championship. I was so elated when I found this out after the fact that the After Magazines came out six weeks after. It wasn't like fans, there was no internet and there were no dirt sheets. There was no weekly roundup. You got the After Magazines and they were pretty much six weeks after whatever happened. So I didn't find this yep. out until late September Yep, that uh, Dusty Rhodes had... Uh, <laughs> fulfilled his dream and when i found out i clipped out the pictures in pro wrestling illustrated and i taped them to my wall because dusty rose was my favorite wrestler and had i had been watching championship wrestling from florida the old black and white tapes that gordon Soley would narrate under once again dusty rose has been denied the nwa heavyweight championship either against terry funk or time and time again against harley race and it seemed like it would never happen um and had it not, it might have killed the territory. But uh, because it be, Dusty was so big, he didn't need the belt. But as we found out in the case of Jerry Lawler eight years later in Memphis, if every time he, your top babyface goes against the world champion and he doesn't win, you know, folks going to get tired of that soon. And whether it was a favorite 80 gram or whether it was just finally uh, – making it a, a case for the, the most popular babyface in the, uh, maybe in all of wrestling at that point, to win the championship. Uh, it happened August 21st, 1979. <laughs> uh, the uh, unreal. The beginning, the beginning of, you know, we touched upon it last week. You know, it was after his career was over in ring, but, you know, we, we covered, uh, I did the impression of him <laughs> after Shockmaster, which is funny because you saw the clip today you shared with me. I was like, you know, I was pretty goddamn accurate. You were? <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, doing subdued Dusty telling the story. And I was a laughing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, 
but you know, I, he's become a butt of some jokes. But it's all in good fun with Dusty because, you know, as far as we all know, there's nothing. He's, you know, he was a good guy. He might have pissed off some wrestlers because of the booking stuff, but Dusty was Dusty, man. I, I can't say the same for his children. Uh, not all the time, anyway, but he's a good guy. So it's, it's fun. It's fun to, it's, it's a voice sorely missed these days. Boy, do I have news for you. Yeah. And I, I want to impart to our, our younger listeners and viewers of HIAC Talk Radio. Uh, the Dusty Road you may remember with polka dots and um, common man, working man, dancing with Sapphire in the ring. Uh, that was a late 80s, uh, early 90s Dusty Roads. This is 1979 Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Dusty Rhodes in the 70s that I grew up watching and listening to. The 265 pounds of Sweet Soul. That American Dream. The one that sold out Madison Square Garden with superstar Billy Graham. And could sell out uh, Tampa Stadium. Uh, going against uh, Harley Race. And was the outside of Andre, the... Uh, the biggest box office attraction in the United States. Um, he was a top, he was the main event in the NWA and the WWF at the same time. In any given week, Dusty Rhodes could main event Madison Square Garden, uh, the Omni in Atlanta, uh, Sam Houston Coliseum in Texas, uh, Tampa Sport, the Tampa Stadium. And the, and the Mid-Atlantic and the Richmond, Virginia, all in one week. And it could be the main event in each arena. I mean, there was a Tampa Sportatorium. There was a Tampa Sportatorium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same, but... No. No, this guy, this is this was a wrestling god. Yeah. Like, I know, I know the internet has kind of made him out to be this goofy fat guy now, but... Nah. No. Nah, I, I don't think... I think people... Not on purpose. I think he's a he's not valued as much because people don't know. I think that's what it seems to me. Yeah. No. And 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 I'm I'm feeling now the the way my father did when he tried to impart the greatness of Will Chamberlain to me. And uh, and if you you didn't experience it, you really can't tell. But the, the thing is, the way my father talked about Will Chamberlain, and the way that I or the people that saw Dusty Rose talk about him. Everything we're saying is true. Um, it's it's not hyperbole. He was that good. He was that popular. Uh, and he could the not just in the ring could put on a show, can talk you into the, the building, the arenas. I told you a story about uh Brutus Clay didn't want to dance. Ten minutes with Dusty, guess what? He's dancing. Because Dusty talked him into it. No questions asked. No questions. Nope. I mean, you know, thanks, Dusty, because we're stuck with him now. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But that was a power to ask Tommy Dreamer um, what Dusty Rhodes means to uh, means to him. People ready to run through walls for this guy. No yeah. pun intended, Uncle Fred, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, look at, yeah, look at the influence on NXT in the later days of his life. Yeah. Bailey. 
Just and, to, just off the top of my head. Exactly. And the, the guy is Seth. Um, um, the, the guys that he saw something in. And Dusty, not only was he the top performer of his day, uh, but he learned, he soaked up so much knowledge from the people and the promoters he worked with. Uh, the Eddie Grahams, the Bill Wattses, um, the um, Eddie Graham, Bill Watts, uh, the uh, Paul Boshes, uh, guys that he he worked for and sold out arenas for, and he was he soaked up so much of his knowledge of how to book territories and how to make money. He imparted it to other people. So if there wasn't the Dusty Rhodes, we wouldn't have the booking of a Kevin Sullivan. Hence, we wouldn't have had the booking of a Paul Heyman if it weren't for Kevin Sullivan. Um, and what he learned, you know, from Dusty and being a uh, learning under the tree under the on the seat of Dusty. Um, there, it's in it, it's innumerable that even the the effect he had, and you don't we don't even realize. You know, I I talked about Paul Heyman, but the the guys that learned from Dusty were your next generation of of promoters of 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 bookers of guys that uh, Jim Cornette guys that know how to run his own uh, organization because he got to sit in on the meetings on the booking meetings with Dusty. Um, it's uh, I I can't enumerate his impact on wrestling and just strictly from a wrestling standpoint um thanks thank you to youtube you can you can watch all you can either fall down a youtube hole just watching old dusty roads matches and looking at the crowd or just watching old dusty roads interviews and just getting you know goosebumps for how for how we did it and even just there's so many legendary Dusty interviews with uh, about talking about Ole Anderson. and it'll never be over. Or when Ernie Ladd slapped him on TV, you ain't nothing but jive. You ain't nothing but jive. My daddy never even slapped me. Um, too many to, to mention. I, again, we do talk about the uh, the polka dots, but like. I always bring up the fact that right before he left and went back to WCW, mm. he cuts a promo at that SummerSlam again that I I was ready to run through a wall, ready to run through a wall after it. And this was the man's been dead for how many years now? Yeah, yes. ready to run through a wall. Mm. I just. Again, we, we say it's a joke. However, that that you said talk him into the building. The dude could read a uh, phone book, and I'd be ready to go. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy that um, his his big. You now we talked about people who over like uh, Brett in Canada, Piper in Portland, Jerry Lawler in Memphis, Dusty in Florida, and Dusty in Florida, the the audience. It was white people. It was black people. It was old people. It was young people. It was women that couldn't get enough of him. I mean, he talked to everybody. Every everyone had a connection to Dusty Rhodes, you know. And if it was even if it was his rap, I've wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and ate pork and beans, you know. 
And even his, the interview, he said, just because I drive a big car now, don't make me bad, Jack. And I, I just realized this, Dan, when we we did this show after, after Dusky passed and I talked about all the great memories, just like I'm talking about it now, talking about it now, I never told you my Dusty Rhodes story. The one, the one and only time that, that I met Dusty Rhodes. And it just dawned on me because I was like, well, you know what? I never did tell that story. <laughs> uh, back in the day, kids, uh, in the early, uh, in the mid 80s, back when the NWA was coming up to, to Philly at least once a month at the old Philadelphia Civic Center, which is right across the street from the world famous Children's Hospital in University City. If you got to the Civic Center early enough and you knew where to stand, you could see where the wrestlers would pull in to the arena. And some you could see them sometimes come in rental cars, sometimes you'd see them come in, in taxi cabs. I think I, I said that the first um I saw the varsity club, Kevin Sullivan driving, uh Mike Rotunda in the passenger side, and the back seat was Steve Dr. Death Williams and Ron Simmons. Who was a face, and that's the first time the seed was planted in me that Ron Simmons was going to join the varsity club. And then when he didn't, Ron Simmons should have joined the varsity club. I'll still stand by that. Um, but uh, we can see the wrestlers coming in. Big black limousine pulls in, and someone, not me, and Brent Poor square, squares it wasn't him, yelled out, <laughs> mm-hmm. "It's Rick! It's Ric Flair!" And then right away, everyone starts booing and doing this, and then again, you suck and everything like that. And like that. And the as the car is pulling in slowly, and everyone's sprinting, it's like fuck you, Flair. And then the passenger window rolls down right in front of me, and it's dusty. And he goes, and he rolls it right back up, and he drives away. And I had to tell everyone on the other side of the car who but can't see dude, him. Dusty Rhodes! It's, it's Dusty! Don't! Don't! Yeah, no, it's Dusty! It's Dusty! But that was the one and only time I met Dusty Rhodes. He just rolled his window down real fast and went... <laughs> what an asshole! Badash <laughs> uh, 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 is here. Badash wants to know why you keep hitting me in the face. Or are you reaching down into my lap? I guess in the immersive view, it looks like you're touching me. And I got to tell you, Badash, I don't mind it. Um, I'm doing it on purpose, Badash. Yes, yes, it feels good. There's a lot to work with down there. Uh, And I'm not talking about fat. Uh, Badash also says, back in the age of dinosaurs. Wow. Wow. Craig's Craig's only 30. Damn it. I'm the the old one here. Yeah, he's older than me. Yeah, I certainly look it. When we're next to each other, it really looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I keep touching right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Touch me. Yeah. If you're going to touch me. Touch me now. Mm, and oh, way. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was August 21st, 1979. Uh, today in wrestling history, and, and this will come up in our regular scheduled broadcast when we talk about today in wrestling um present day but today in wrestling history 1999 when the monday night wars were in full swing and dust and um raw's war and raw war zone uh was 
battling it with Monday Nitro. They won this particular night. Um, WCW had a 2.8 rating, and um, WWE had a 5.6 rating. But it was on this particular night, this fateful night today in 1999, where mankind lost the WWF Heavyweight Championship with a little outside help from China and winning his first world championship ever would be Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, Dan just fell off his chair. <laughs> Ow, sir. Fell off my chair. Ow. Yeah. Uh, a lot of firsts happened this week as far as world titles in uh, wrestling in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Triple H. I don't know. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, he won his first of many world titles uh, on this date, 1999, August 23rd, 1999, in the main event against the Cactus Jack, uh, breaking off from DX. And if you uh, fans have been watching the uh, WWE Legend series on AE Biography every Sunday night, as you should, uh, you'll know that that was uh, part of the reason why. Triple H left DX. Um, he wanted to uh, be the man. And uh, after all the, the hard work he did, busting his ass, taking all the punishment that came along with the curtain call, he worked his way up. He earned it. And um, he got his just reward. And his reward was today, 23 years ago today, when Triple H won his very first World Heavyweight Championship. Unreal. Unreal. And now now he's in charge of the ship. Yeah. And now he is the man. And uh, I know this date uh, is in the future, but I just felt the need to bring it up anyway, uh, even though this is a wrestling historian. Uh, 70... Seven years ago, 77 years ago, tomorrow, a young man was born uh, and who would later go on to have um, testicles the size of grapefruits. Um, Happy early 77th birthday to formerly the man, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Happy early birthday, sir. And that, gentlemen and ladies, has been the wrestling historian. And well, said, I, what, no, no, we're not done. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't do an outro yet, man. Let's do an outro. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I think the less, the less I say about uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon at this day and age, uh, the better. Yeah, thanks for the good stuff. Uh, go fuck yourself for the bad stuff. Yes. Simple, sweet, and that, my friends, is the wrestling historian. <laughs> <laughs> lady uh speaking of uh speaking of uh you know what the segment the segue is dead uh cm punk <laughs> the honeymoon's over i guess you think the honeymoon is over i think the honeymoon is over i don't know yeah uh, something tells me the honeymoon's over man what makes you say that 
Oh, gee, I don't know. All the people talking, him almost not no no showing. What do you think? Do you think all this stuff is at work? Or do you have any idea what's going on at all? I have uh, some idea what's going on at all. I don't so believe... Am I breaking news to you? <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, well, if news does break, I hope we can return it, at least for store credit. Um, I don't Son know... Son bitch. <laughs> Uh, I love you, man. <laughs> so I love you more, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I I don't think the honeymoon is over only because uh, AEW needs CM Punk a lot more than CM Punk needs AEW. needs AEW. That's true. You make a good point. You make a good point. I will say this. I think something I said a little bit and, and, and Craig, uh, excuse me, Derek, the other black guy, Derek had to remind me about it uh, where I said that, you know, I appreciate Tony trying to be the nice guy and a friend but there's a reason douchebag fuckhead promoters are successful because they're douchebag fuckheads and him being everybody's friends not working out and think that's going to be a problem with the with mr phil brooks here um yeah now i i will admit um the the rambling uh promo that adam page cut before their pay-per-view match, I had no idea what he was talking about or where he was going. I know now that he went into business for himself because uh, he wasn't he was not happy with the way things were going uh, with CM, since CM Punk's arrival. Uh, and CM Punk gave his receipt uh, this past um, Wednesday or last week on um, AEW um, Dynamite. And say the the apology should be as loud as the uh, as the statement. Um, I don't see anything wrong with what Punk said about what um about that to to Adam. I certainly don't see anything wrong with what he said about John Moxley, and that promo was effing gold. Yes, but, um, good promo. Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't know about the no show though. That's the only thing you possible no show. He came, no show. but it, it yeah. was he was talking about not showing up. Okay, there were people nervous that he wasn't going to show up. Yeah, see, I I don't think CM Punk has that type of um, relationship with AEW as he did with with the WWE WWE. He was very vocal about how dissatisfied he was. He made no, um, he he didn't try to hide that at all in interviews and even in the early days of the internet. And fans could see how frustrated he was, even in his promos before the pipe bomb. Um, so it was, so I I was surprised that he was rumored not to not show only because um, he didn't have that type of. I didn't. I didn't see what he would have to be upset about. With WWE, he knew exactly why he right. was. You know, the guys champion for a year, been rock sides come back, and oh, we'll take the belt off you. Um, and even though he's come back for a cup of coffee, we, we want Rock and Cena. Even though CM Punk's a world champion, and what do you know? They take the belt off him. It's Rock and Cena WrestleMania, and Punk doesn't even have a match. Um. So, th- but with uh, with AEW. I didn't know why he would he would no show. So when you say the honeymoon is over, I that's why why I disagreed. But if you think it is, I want to hear why. No, no, no. 
That's why I'm asking you. I, I think it's a lot of bullshit and it's a lot of nothing. <laughs> I don't think there's anything going on. I think the Internet is making the bigger deal out of this uh, than uh, that's actually going on. And that's usually the case. A lot of the times when somebody's not getting raped or abused or actually something's actually, you know, a criminal act is happening. It's mostly just people yeah. fanning the flame, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Phillies tied the game, by the way. Um so yeah, I, I I agree with you. That's why that's the way that is the reason I posed it to you as it did. Is the honeymoon? No, shut up, shut up, Jesus Christ! Now AEW still is not doing themselves any favors. Uh, be, I mean, they have the their their biggest star there, who's under contract and who is your world champion is not going anywhere. Their booking still sucks. I will I'll rake Tony Khan over the coals with that over and over again. Because why the living F is Daniel Garcia on TV every goddamn week, even making Daniel uh, Brian Danielson tap out, but you don't have any matches at all for the best goddamn tag team on earth. No, they get 30 seconds to do a backstage promo. Meanwhile, Daniel Garcia is wrestling on TV every goddamn week. Aaron Cassidy wrestling on TV every goddamn week. Wardlow, you're Goldberg. Remember the time when Goldberg, Dan, was in the middle of his 100-match winning streak, and then he was just off TV for a month? Yeah. Without a match? No. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. No, because it didn't happen. No. Not at all. No. Um, so he's got bigger fish the, the Friday, and there's more people that are upset um, with the way they're being booked and the way they're being used. Then, uh, then I think CM Punk would have a a, a problem with that. I mean, if a Ricky Starks wanted to walk out, I could definitely see that because that's a guy that needs to be on TV every week and at least wrestling every week. If if Hobbs said, you know, I'm done with this ass, and he walked out, I would I could see that. And with the way things are going in the WWE, Dan, segue alert, um, with all these re- returning wrestlers. Yeah, we thought we're gone coming back. That's got to look mighty enticing to any former WWE superstar that's currently on the AEW roster saying, hey, the old man's gone. And the guy that gave me a big push and treated me really well is in charge. So, hmm. hmm. You wouldn't say like a guy like uh, Anthony Gargano. Anthony Gargano. Johnny Gargano. Hey there, Gargano is on WIP in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't want the, I don't want the cuz on my TV. Yeah, I don't want the cuz. I mean, I like the cuz, but that's not what I mean. I mean, uh, that's the wrong guy. You got, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. No, I mean, um, I mean Johnny Gargano, yeah. which uh, bigger except reception than I than I thought, but deserved. Um, had NXT on his back. Uh, I mean, we've watched them, uh, him and. Uh, Champa, uh, uh, Champa, go at it live in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, incredible stuff. I, I'm glad that uh, Triple H is able to say that. I do see a lot of these these uh, fractured relationships <clears throat> and Page uh, getting repaired in the WWE. I really do. Yeah. Um, and after all the stuff we've seen, and the Phillies took the lead. Uh, after all the stuff we've seen. And all the things we said about how the WWE squandering this talent 
uh boy do they want to come back real and quick now <laughs> it's like you have to tune in to the wwe now just to see who's who could show up next who's coming back my have the ta- how the tables have turned my have the turn tables of my have the tape turn but times tables of turn uh things uh dude uh, what do you think you would see Anthony Gargano? I mean, now you got <laughs> like me. You did it too. <laughs> you got me. Son of a bitch. You mushed me. Uh, do you, <laughs> did you think you would see Johnny Gargano back in a WWE ring? No. No, I thought that was over. I really thought that was over. Um, and if if the current regime or the former regime was still current, no, I, that was never happening again. But I know. I have a feeling Trips is like, I got this. Let's go. Let's let's fucking go. I think he now. I think he definitely said this to to uh, Karrion Cross. Big get, big get, and I swear to God, if they put a vest on him, I'm going to throw something. No, no, no. I I think what they. I think what when it happened. Um, when when they brought him up and they turned him into a an S and M dungeon master and they. Got rid of him and they who runs bought to town. <laughs> Master Blaster unbarked yeah. But I think Triple H said to, to Cross, don't sign anything. Hang tight. I will do what Stephanie's I Stephanie's got a plan. I mean <laughs> And I and I but I think he's the only one that said that. He said that too. Hit row. I mean, they were they were given a contract and then fired the very next week after they were given a contract. So he he kept track of all of these guys, whether he, they were his guys, they were his NXT guys or not. But just, just hold, just hold tight, and especially with, with you know with Gargano, he kept, he he obviously kept in touch with him. Champa, he there were plans to bring him up anyway, but the fact that he was brought up with Triple H in charge as opposed to Vince in charge. And we talked about it the last time we were on the air. Champa coming on Raw wearing a Harley Race robe, paying homage to Harley Race. Would that ever have happened? No. Vincent Charles. No. And no. that was beautiful, by the way. Yes. It, it absolutely was. And Champa even getting a United States champion, a United States title shot, getting wins over AJ. Um, hopefully he can break out from underneath uh, the Miz uh, because the Miz has. As good as he is, whenever he he has someone, I think they're trying they're they're trying for the Damian Sandow effect. Anyone that's with Miz becomes a bigger star than Miz. Yeah, yep. Um, I think it's different with Champa because he he really doesn't need um, uh, a anyone, but b not the Miz to be a bigger you know to make him a bigger star. Because you if thirty seconds on the mic and Champa can do it all. By himself because the guy's a pro, but uh, seeing Champa and Gargano on a uh, on an episode of Raw, uh, it's a it is a no pun intended new day indeed. Uh, just Bailey alone. Oh my God, you and I are brothers, man. Because I was literally going to put a PS on the end of this episode talking about fucking Bailey, not fucking Bailey. <laughs> That's another podcast. I realize that's a whole other podcast and in my fucking dreams. Um, my God. Mm-hmm. Incredible. 
it's not it's nothing novel nothing that she's doing that hasn't been done before but we always said before you got on this show when dean and chris were here we've always said female john cena she's not even the female john cena she's bailey Mm -hmm. but compared she is what john cena is to the male division and just as special if she ever went heel and they never went heel with John Cena, but they let Bailey go heel. And they're just letting her run with it. And now that we don't have the old man there anymore, I, this is going to continue for a while. And every time, every time, her sarcasm, the way she delivers it, even when she screws up a line and says, yeah, I know dummies. I got it. It's just all it's just it's simple. She's a heel. It's plain and simple, bad guy. There's no redeeming quality about her as a heel. She's just a prick, and she's a chicken shit prick. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Also, she's hot, but that's a whole other. Yeah, HMP, like I said, uh, I, I, I just she's always been one of my favorites, and uh, it's not dying anytime soon. That's uh, that whole group. Yeah, fantastic. Most definitely, and you see them. Um, they'll be Sky and Kai will be the World Tag Team Champions with Bailey, you know, as the uh, the the Jim Cornette, the Paul Heyman um, mastermind behind hiding behind her girls. It's good to see her back in the ring. I know it's been a while. I wish she had a better opponent because the match was really sloppy with Aaliyah. But um, I, exp- I the fact that she's back in the ring almost what. Nine months, after injury, yeah, yeah. So well, we, were, I, we, I was getting worried there because, uh, you know, I follow her Instagram and I kept seeing Instagram and I'm like, it's been a long time. I hope she's okay. And then boom, SummerSlam, yeah. <laughs> boom. So, but I, I like her wrestling sparingly. Uh, I know they have a six man match at the uh, show that the countdown at the castle or the called the crash at the castle or whatever. Clash at the yeah, whatever yeah. the hell. Sure. But uh, yeah, keep her in six man, keep her in limited action because she does not need to to wrestle. I know she probably wants to because she's been gone for so long. But in her role right now, she's a special attraction wrestler. Um, she's a oh, when I get my hands on you, Bailey, it's gonna be well. You don't have to get your hands on me first. You got to go through EO Sky, and if you get yeah. by her, you got to get by Dakota, and then you get to me. But that's not gonna happen because these two guys are gonna destroy it. So. She should only wrestle on on big events, on um, uh, the main event on TV, and just be like you said, the chicken shit heel manager, or just the chicken Almost, shit heel. Period. I'm going to make another comparison. It's very NWO esque. Yeah, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'd be is it groundbreaking as NWO? No, nobody is ever again. That's the whole point of groundbreaking, you schmucks. <laughs> but goddamn, is that not fun? Uh, not uh, goddamn, do I not enjoy the shit out of Bailey? Yeah. I always did, but again, just that extra added layer, just it, changing the hair, changing the makeup, changing the way she speaks, just being an absolute prick and yeah, hiding behind her girls. Mm-hmm. The the entrance music, the entrance music, it's all yeah. great. It's all mm-hmm. great, guys. Goddamn, and I love it. Yeah, God, I'm so I was. I'm not even kidding. I was going to say, P.S. I want to talk about how awesome Bailey is, and you went right for it. Yeah. Uh, that's how. That's oh, goddamn. That's how good she is. <laughs> yeah, she. It's unmistakable. And and you know, Bailey 
the uh Dakota and uh EO Dan, they're what I wish the Riot Squad was. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and I'm not comparing I'm not comparing them to I'm not, not I'm just saying you have a, a three person group. Yeah, you're right. Like that should just run rush out over everyone, win all the titles, be involved interfering in the top women's matches like they are with um you know, interact with the big even with Trish, with, with Bianca, all that. Just uh but yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, but I but I love it. The fact that they're doing it. Um and they're treating them like a big deal, something they never did with the Riot Squad. EO, Dakota, and Bailey, you know, and they don't have a name. They don't need one. They don't need one. I don't need any merchandise. I don't need you to put a goddamn label on it. Relax. It's fine the way it is. It's awesome. Don't touch it, Trip. <laughs> um, uh, the other notable uh, returns. Um, I'm not a fan of the Dexter Loomis kidnapping angle. Uh, if only because they don't. It just happens and no one says anything. Um, and we all still don't know why. Um, and I was a little, I, I'm, I was looking forward to seeing another cross section, meaning a section of Karen Cross on TV somewhere, uh, with Scarlett only because those two are money and the fact that they were together, which they should have been, but they, they were in Triple H's NXT and now they are on the main roster, but they should be on TV every week. Um, yeah, Hit Row, the, the best thing about the best member of Hit Row is unfortunately one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions. Um, I think you can get something out of them. I don't know what, but um, the fact that they're back I, and how often have we said I'm the same tag teams over and over and over again. The fact that we have a new tag team, can't be mad at that. No, no, we've asked for it for so long. I don't care at this point. Thank you. And I think the biggest Triple H effect, though, that I've seen outside of the returning people, the people that are coming back, is the return of the Kevin Owens show. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, he indeed. The, the duct tape KO shirt. Also, let, let me point out, please, because uh, you and I have been saying just little things, little things here and there. Sprinkled, making it better, making it making the show more enjoyable. Just the the pace of it and, and and all the timing changes. And Vince Russo went on Twitter saying, "Can someone please tell me why what these changes are and why it matters?" Like I, I want to know. The last person that should be asking about anything flow wise or entertainment wise on television is goddamn Vince Russo. And I'm so tired of making excuses for him. Get, shut the fuck up, dude. You you wish you could have. I don't want to hear. Well, they paid me money. They paid a lot of people money in WCW that didn't deserve that money. Exactly. You and Ed Ferrara are just two of them. Yeah. And they you made suckered them into thinking that you guys were the geniuses behind the whole thing. And they found out real quick that wasn't the case. In fact, with you, they found out twice. And yeah, and a lot of people were paid in WWE that didn't deserve it either. But that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah Mr. Russo is the last person you did need to be talking about. Uh, Someone he, explain to me why it's... Yeah, I'll give you a couple of reasons, you little schmuck. Well, it's bro, bro. To, to comment on a wrestling show, especially now that the show is featuring wrestling. Over Yes, and the word wrestling. I know, right? 
yeah shocking mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to and yeah and i i said it i i probably said it on this very podcast uh, but the um the, the the titanic can't stop and turn on the dime uh the changes are, are going to be gradual and we're seeing them i mean we we love the returns and everything like that but you know every i'm we ha- we got the word wrestler back and wrestling and back I'm looking forward to other words, Dan. I want to hear title shot instead title of shot. championship opportunity. Yeah. The word hospital is a common word. I don't know anyone who calls it a medical facility. If I break my leg right now, I'm not going to be asked to be taken to a medical facility. I am. I'm going to do it. Sarcast- Somebody get me to the medical facility. They should have gotten in hash to a medical facility faster. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, though. Yeah, I know you're not. But, yeah, so so gradual things like that. Uh, and I, I hope it, it's obviously going to keep going. Uh, ratings were, uh, I, think the last, I think Monday they got a 2.96, which is the highest rating they've had in quite some time. Uh, it's I, isn't it sad that I'm impressed with that number? Yeah, it is sad to repress, especially when I mentioned earlier Triple H's uh, championship win was twice that uh, on a Monday night that weren't, you know, when there weren't anything, there wasn't anything. It was just a regular Monday night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but this is the, the trend they're going. Um, I'm I'm here for it. You know, I think it's the curiosity factor, what will Triple H Smart fans are going to tune in because they how how what's Triple H going to do now that he's in charge? Um, but now it's we're seeing uh, it's turning into a, a quality show and some moves. Yeah, who knew? Uh, but some backstage news uh, we might have touch on. Uh, Jeff Jarrett steps down as the road dog steps up. You think those are related? I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Jeff. I like Jeff Jarrett. He has moments of brilliance for me, but not a huge loss. Okay. You're not Jerry. But Road Dog stepping in now is the uh, uh, executive. Uh, See, now the, my problem is with that, those two is I feel about the same. I, I'm, I'm not impressed by either one of them. Mm-hmm. I like Jeff Jarrett a little bit more. Yeah. And Road Dog certainly, other than just copying uh, Dusty Road punches and elbow drops. I trust Triple H on that one. I guess I don't know. Isn't Sean? Didn't Sean get an up uh, an upgrade? Didn't Sean get a promotion as well? He got an upgrade. They yeah. plugged him in and they got his eyes straighter. An upgrade. Yeah. So uh, DX is uh, seem to be back on top. Nice. 2022 and DX is in charge of the WWE. Holy shit. When you put it in that kind of perspective, damn. Damn. Okay. Well, speaking of DX, Dan, did, on your time off, have you had it? No, I didn't. I had planned to do all this stuff. I told you I was, I had it ready. I had the iPad ready. I had the earbuds going. I'm going to watch all the stuff I fell back on. And then just slept. Well, you and when of- you when you set the room to sixty five degrees, you sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but and you obviously needed it uh, more than anything. So I'm not going to do it. Funny story. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, uh, Monday, because I'm off Mondays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Monday at 12:50. Now, to be fair, I got up at, with the dog at 6:30, like I always do. Um, walked her, fed her, went back to sleep. And then the next thing I know, I, I was woken up by my wife at 1250. Uh, don't sleep too long. You're not be able to sleep for work tonight. And wouldn't you know, I slept right through the alarms this morning. I woke up. at I'm supposed to be up at 630, 645. I woke up at 715 with my watch vibrating and my phone alarm going off. Well, I said, well, that was that was a goddamn failure. Uh, no, I, I will. I promise I'll watch them. I just don't know when it's my interest, my interest uh, on that. You know how ADHD I am. I get it. Uh, and then I was just gifted for my birthday. Uh, the Godfather 4K set. So I'm like, well, shit, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Damn it. Well, this past Sunday's a biography. Yes. Uh, no, that was last week. Oh, Um. This past Sunday was the AD biography on Edge. Oh, oh, that's right. And the only thing I'm worried about, and we talked about we talked about Edge and how we feel about him. Well, how you feel about him mostly, but mm-hmm. I saw somebody say that biography was so good, I just wanted to win everything, and I was like, mm. okay, I like Edgeward too. Uh, I didn't. Why I love these biographies because even the guys I know, I don't know their whole story, and I didn't know. You know the story of Sexton Hardcastle? No, and they kind of skip right over that. What uh, son of a bitch! It's one of the best wrestling names I've ever heard, and they skip over it. Uh, and you know the two-hour show, but I didn't know about his his upbringing. Um, uh, it was just him and his mom. That was it, you know. No brothers and sisters. Oh, no, poor him. And, I'm, kidding. Um, I'm kidding. No, but they lived in uh and how she had to work. Uh, I mean, she had a mattress on the floor in their one room apartment, and he slept on the other side of the room, um, and on his mattress on the floor. Um, and when how we met Christian, he was kind of like. Christian was so afraid to, to get to this new school that he wouldn't get out of the car when the car pulled up and he had to, you know, the kid comes in. The, so out of all the people, and it says, the teacher picks me to go out and talk to this kid who's too scared to come in to school. And that was Jay Rizzo, and that turned out to be... Teacher, knew what, the, teacher knew what he's doing. He's a wrestling fan. Yeah. All right, now that you guys are together, watch this match from WrestleMania three. Hey, and they showed uh, uh, Edge's um, when he was at uh, WrestleMania six, and he said he just still doesn't know how his uh, mom got the money to get together because to get it, uh, a a ticket, and they had to drive a long way to Toronto because he grew up in Orangeville uh, in Canada, which I had never heard of either. And when you see neither of they. When you see the helicopter shot of Orangeville, it's like, oh, it's no wonder I've never heard of it because there's absolutely nobody there. Um, <laughs> I live in a town like that right now. Yeah. But uh, nobody here. But they, they showed Edge there, and I didn't know at 17. He was 6'4 when he was 17. 
Uh, yeah, that was five, six, and seventeen. That was it. <laughs> I stopped at five, six, baby. Uh, but, He's gonna have a growth spurt. In my pants. And uh, how he he started, and um, he had to drive across frozen lakes to uh to make uh matches or just to go to be trained. One of the funniest stories I've ever heard is it's it's him. I'm fairly certain it's him, Christian, Rhino, and somebody else driving across this frozen lake and the van gets stuck and Rhino is just being the biggest pussy. <laughs> I'm not getting out there. Yeah. Push the van. And they showed a picture of them and uh and Rhino. They never mentioned him by name, but he talked about they were calling them the death runs when they would go when they would Yeah, drive. that's it. Yep. Like, yeah. I forgot I forgot where I heard that story. It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And then when he when he went back, um, they were he, uh, he had to fly in a, on a hydroplane, and they had to land in the water for him to go to uh, to get to his uh, his training. And they ah uh, Canada, yeah, they they skipped over the Sexton Hardcastle. They showed his matches at Sexton Hardcastle, and him wrestling in the tiniest rings ever. But just like Dory Funk Jr. said when he saw the kid, he had something. No, oh, yeah. You could just you could just tell. And um, thank God Gangrel couldn't speak on the microphone. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. want Edge to speak. His original character, if you could believe this, Dan, they wanted him to be mute. Because, you know, Edge didn't, didn't say anything the first, like, what, six months he was with the brood. And they never said a word. Um, but here was this kid with perfect teeth and the long hair, and he was in the class with uh, with Albert and with Sean Stasiak and with Christian and everything. And he, I didn't know his first match ever, his first televised match. Uh, he hurt somebody, uh, and they had to, he had to be stretched. The guy had to be stretched out. Oh, that's it. Cancel his career. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. It's all oh. He said, oh, shit, I'm done. Um, and even you hear JR in commentary said, well, Edge gets his first win ever. Certainly not the way he wanted to win it. But it was Miguel Perez Jr. of, of Los Bariquas. And Edge did his front dive where he uh, does a somersault flip and he lands, supposed to land with a leg on each, you know, land on top of the guy right here. His leg landed right on Miguel's head, knocked him out. Completely. Well, I mean, I'd rather be knocked out than have a broken neck. So, yeah, but at the same time, this is this kid's first match, hmm. and he's now. And if you saw when you when you see this, Dan, I don't know, six eight months from now, when you see, um, like ten Edge, years from now, but when on, you see him that. wrestling in these matchbox like rings, yeah, the little tiny ring, yeah. And all the moves he's doing, he never hurt anyone. He never even hurt himself. So his first televised match, and he knocks someone out. He's devastated, not only for what he did because he thought he, but he thought his career was over. It's very good, and I didn't know that he and Beth Phoenix barely spoke to each other when they wrestled <laughs> together. They didn't start talking till after he retired. <laughs> That's what I love you. Yeah, but Beth would see him there back. Hey, Esther. Hey, Beth. That was it. Nothing. 
would have moved heaven and earth, but that's okay. That's what I, but yes, the, so far we've seen, um, and the rivals episode that came on afterwards was edge and John Cena and their rivalry. Um, I'm looking forward. uh, I'm looking forward to these. I, I gotta, I think I, what I could do is introduce it to my, uh, to Kelly as, well, there's one on the edge and then go from there and get them all banged out in one day. So it's early, what, an hour or two? Yeah, they're two-hour episodes. Each one is So an hour and a half with commercials these days? Yeah. Yeah. So far, you've missed, uh, you've done Edge. Um, well, first one was Undertaker. Goldberg. Now skip that one. Um, <laughs> Edge. DX. I just can't stomach Taker anymore. I don't care. I, yeah. Um, you... Dan, look who you're talking to. I've never- yeah, I know. I don't know why I had to explain to you like you don't know. I know you know. <laughs> but, Sorry. But I, silly me. Now, but early Undertaker stuff, early Mark Callis stuff, how good a basketball player he was, and uh, how his family, and just pictures of him and his mom, that stuff I love. And his his version of getting trained by, getting trained by Buzz Sawyer, those stories I can hear over and over again. Sure. Um, Lex Luger, Kurt Angle ones, the Lex Luger biography and the Kurt Angle. Ep- excellent. I told you, Kurt Angle, that needed to be three hours. Because the Kurt Angle amateur wrestling stuff, him with the, with the DuPont family, and how close they were. Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even his, um, his, his gold medal stuff, and he, even his, um, his relationship with his father and, and his sister. Again, Wait, those are my fan. Yeah, uh, Kurt Angle and Lex Luger are my favorite. Next week, there are this coming Sunday, Rey Mysterio. Because you know, I and, I'm interested in that one. And the Rivals episode that comes on after Rey Mysterio, the rivalry of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Okay, well, this might be the 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 the, the week I have to to what I get caught up then. Ah, <sighs> well, that being said, sir. Where can people follow you? If they want to follow me, I will leave a show of breadcrumbs right to my windowless van. Uh, and I'll have a lots of candy and a nice puppy for you to pet. Other than that, though, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. And follow me on my other podcast if you like those comic book stuff. At Comic Book Gurus Podcast, our latest episode is on YouTube right now. Go to Comic Book Gurus or follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Gurus. I was going to tell a joke related to the Windows van, but I think I'll I'll, I'll refrain from that one. I'll tell it live, but I won't leave it leave it recorded. Uh, DanLaw.tv if you want to see uh, that one, an hour and nine minute mark. Uh, so uh, follow me on Twitter uh, to yell at me about the joke I'm about to tell. Uh, at tadlaw83hiactalkradio.com for all the episodes the pro wrestling podcast the stadium journey podcast manic mixtape and of course next week yes next week nerd herders yes next week nerd herders we are back uh, all there at hiactalkradio.com for Craig Lagans I am Dan keep it on the paper